right, we're live. Coming at you from Los Angeles. This is the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 21. I'm your host, Chris Latori. Hello, one and all. <laughs> Hope everyone is good. I'm good. Thank you. And there's so much to cover on this, so I'm going to jump right in. I wanted to quickly talk about a buddy of mine, Mike, which you can see his Instagram, at DJ Living Dead. He's my horror expert. That's H-O-R-R-O-R. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a friend of mine that is heavily into haunts, adult haunts, and the genre horror, and other kinds of stuff, of course, too. Check out his website, um, which is very cool. I, I was just looking at it, myhauntlife.com. And he puts out this calendar with Halloween coming up about just all these haunts and Halloween events that can really just fill your mid-September to about early November with all kinds of fun Halloween stuff. So check it out. But he invited me to this place called Creature Features in Burbank. And they were having a, from the movie Monster Squad, like an art show. And it was very cool to see those classic monsters sort of done in a modern way. I think the movie was somewhere in the mid-90s, could be wrong. And it was, there was actually some of the actors there, and I think a director was there. And this was the opening night of the event, and it was very cool. The art's beautiful. Um, the one main artist that was highlighted there was Chogrin, I think is his name. I'm going to mess that up. No, I'm right. It's Chogrin, C-H-O-G-R-I-N, Chogrin.com, etc. His art was gorgeous. The way he, his spin on the, the classic monsters from this creature of the Black Lagoon and Dracula and Wolfman and the Mummy and Frankenstein. Just very cool. And they had free Twinkies there they were giving out, which was kind of cool. <laughs> I, ended, I had to buy some prints for some people that are big fans. Bobby, my brother. <laughs> I hope you like that piece, by the way. Hanging up on your wall. And it was just very cool. It was something different. I'm just kind of getting into the horror genre. Seems like in the last couple of years, it's piquing my interest more and more. So I'm dipping my toes into there. And then we went, since we are in that area, to this place called The Bearded Lady. And the bearded lady was was crazy. On their website, it says vintage and oddities, antiques and vintage, and they have you know old comic books, old cameras, just old photographs of creepy people. A lot of creepy stuff, but it was very cool. They even have like in the back, it was like like a mannequin on this surgical table with uh, just all kinds of all creepy stuff. Looking at some of the pictures now, check it out. They have a Facebook page and check out Bearded Lady LA. You can, you can find it. But we ended up going there, and that was just very cool. And he even invited me over to like a movie screening at his place. Out, we had he had it all set up outside, and uh, some speakers and everything, and some some refreshments and goodies. And it was just a lot of fun watching a couple of really strange, odd, and horrifying horror movies outside. And it was just a lot of fun. It was very cool. It, it felt like like a horror weekend, like a horror fest. But uh, thanks again, and please check out his website, again, uh, myhauntlife.com, and uh, his Instagram, DJ Living Dead. He's going to be on the show soon to talk about his site and the world of horror and haunts and the movie genre, just all of it. So very soon, uh, he'll be on. That's my friend Mike. So I wanted to give a, a quick shout-out to him. wanted to also mention that the contest for please giving me a, to, to give me a comic book recommendation still going. Uh, thank you for the few that I've had so far. I've read them, um, three of which immediately come into my mind that are really good. 
And uh, thank you to the guys that have sent it in. It could be the winners. I'm not sure yet. I'd just like to get a few more recommendations. I have had some recommendations of comics I've already read, which is great. I know it's a tough one to stump me there and get something I haven't read. But if you look at my website, sunspotscomics.com, look at my poll list and my history of the top picks, you'll see what I'm sort of into. Maybe that'll give you an idea. And I do have that Batman toy that I'm going to send to the winner. I'm going to read the comic, and then I'm going to pick a winner very soon. So please still get your entries in to me, Chris at sunspotscomics.com. So keep that contest going and send in your entries as soon as you can. So let's jump right into the show. Let's go right into five comic book feel-good factoid freebies. Yeah. And the, uh, the first one is the um, sort of lackluster uh, announcement of National Comic Book Day. Uh, it was Friday, uh, September 25th, and... Scouring the internet, not a whole lot was going on with it. I know that it was also National One-Hit Wonder Day. So, <laughs> you can just about do anything and get a national <laughs> um, recommendation. So, that's... Uh, oh, there were two things. I take it back. Comixology had 25 comic books for free, um, just for that day alone. Just a lot of number ones, which I'd already read. There was three or four I grabbed out of the 25, but very cool. And Amazon did a very short sweepstake promotion. Like, you had to join the sweepstake. I think the cutoff time was like noon on Friday to win some gift cards to Amazon. So, uh, kind of a lackluster uh, showing of National Comic Book Day. But still, very cool that it's, uh, you know, there was some news. There was a couple headlines. There was some stuff, you know, out there kind of going on. And, oh, and there was a... uh, uh, the bigger, uh, I guess the second one I'll jump right into, the second comic book feel-good factoid freebie was Batman Day. That seemed to have a little bigger deal going on. Like, when I went to DC's website, uh, it had a bunch of appearances and signings scheduled that day, and the top, like, five were here in California. So I, of course, had to look into that, and I went and saw Dustin Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N, he was there um, at the Anaheim Library, and I actually have some video I'm going to play, ver- or video, <laughs> audio I'm going to play very soon where I got to interview Dustin Wynn, and his work goes back to, the, uh, he's really paid his dues, he's done so much fantastic stuff, check him out and follow him, um, of course you can just Google search Dustin, N-G-U-Y-E-N, Wynn, or follow him on Instagram at... D-U-S-S-005 and look at his beautiful artwork Descender is uh, what he's working on right now with Image Comics and it is gorgeous about this sort of how artificial intelligence and these robots called the Harvesters basically destroyed most of Earth and there's very few people left and there is this young sort of kid robot that's awakened to find I I think he was on the moon to find that the people that he was with who he was programmed to sort of be a like a son to them they were all dead and he awakened much after uh, you know in the aftermath of that uh, of the, these harvester robots destroying the earth and then the creator of the of him that of Tim 21 is trying to get to him on the moon to find out if there's a connection between the artificial intelligence that Tim has and these harvesters that destroyed the planet and his art is gorgeous and the ink work uh, coloring and uh, lettering is very uh, watercolor style with with really accents well 
to Dustin's work. So please check out Descender. And uh, so Batman Day was cool. And there was even a comic, which I'm looking at. It's kind of cool. Batman Day uh, comic from DC, number one. Endgame special edition with like an eight-page sneak preview of Batman and Robin Eternal, which I'm going to have to check out. It looks fantastic. The art looks really great. And they do show the eight-page little spread at the very back with uh, James Tinian the fourth and S Scott Snyder the story uh, the art by Tony Daniel so Tony S. Daniel his art never disappoints and it's gorgeous so please check that out um, if you haven't got that free comic check out your LCS your local comic book uh, shop and get that free Batman Day comic it's pretty cool and uh, so that was just a lot of fun Batman Day did a lot better than National Comic Book Day <laughs> And also, I wanted to highlight an artist that I met at this uh, signing for Dustin Wynn. Um, his name is Jordan Hudson. He's at Instagram. You can uh, follow him uh, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. And I'm going to have his interview on the podcast very soon. I'm having some audio problems, but I'm going to be playing that very soon. So I'll highlight him further. But Jordan Hudson's art's awesome. And he was actually there looking to show his portfolio to Dustin Wynn. And he... When checked it out, and Dustin looked at it, and they uh, we talked about that a little bit, and the advice that uh, Dustin gave him. So that'll be coming up very soon. I was going to have it here, but I had a little audio problem, so I'm still trying to f work with it and fix it. And my old reliable mic uh, ended up not being so reliable, just old. <laughs> so um, that'll come up. And uh, sorry, Jordan, I couldn't get it on right away, but it will be coming very soon. Probably just the next podcast, or even midweek, I'll uh, stick it back on there once I have it all ready to go. So that was very, very cool. And please, again, check out uh, Hit Jordan's art. It's beautiful. It's this splash page of Batman. That's just gorgeous. And uh, Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art on Instagram. So uh, check him out. That was uh, he, he had beautiful work. And I. it's interesting to see the advice that he took from, uh, from Dustin and uh, how he took it to heart. So it'll be a cool interview coming very soon. Oh, and I guess the only thing about Batman Day that was a, a, a smidge of a bummer was that they scheduled the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven signings relatively all at the same exact time. So you just had to really pick one. You had Jim Lee in uh, Los Angeles at 2 o'clock, Brian uh, Bucalato and Kyle Higgins at 2 o'clock at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles, Paul Dini, the amazing writer Paul Dini in Pasadena at 11.30. They're all so close to each other, and so you had to pick one. Len Wein at Galaxy of Comics in Van Nuys, Chris Burnham in Burbank, and Dustin in Anaheim, so I just had to pick one. So my advice, Batman Day, space them out so that we can go to more than one because that's a lot of driving and it's crazy and there's just no way to do it. It was impossible to trek all over town to try to see more than one of these. So Batman Day, do it a little better. You can do it. <laughs> my only little gripe. But it was very cool otherwise, and, and um, that was nice. And Barnes and & Noble and all these other retailers had uh, discounts and things going on from Amazon and GameStop, Hot Topic, Spencer's. Just, you know, cool sales all over the place. So Batman Day was pretty good, I got to say. I, I enjoyed it. Could have been a little better with those signing times, but otherwise, pretty awesome. And my number three is uh, a remembrance. Christopher Reeve. It would be his 63rd birthday. Pretty crazy. And Reeve, when he was in the 1978 film Superman, I was six years old. So you can imagine the impact he had on me. And he did all five of those, those Superman movies, which one, two, and three were... One and two were excellent. Three, four, five, hmm, 
But I was young. I was, you know, I was very little, and I still enjoyed all those movies. And even this movie, Out of Time, that he did, that was just haunting, and was kind of like an Otherworlds image comic, is what Out of Time reminded me of, where he was able to travel back in time by doing this crazy sort of seance and looking at a penny from like the the 17, 1800, something like that. And it was just weird, sort of a psychedelic trip and he ended up going back in time and falling in love with this woman that he saw in a portrait in his current time. And it, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking and he acted really well in that. And I don't know why he didn't get any, any accolades in the areas of acting he should have. But, um, yeah, I, I miss him. I think he was a great actor. And I remember his uh, appearances on Smallville. I was always like, oh, there he is. And just so tragic what happened to him in that horse riding accident. And and uh, and how his, even his wife, how she went not too long after Christopher Reeve. They, they really had, like, some insane love for each other. So, happy birthday, Christopher Reeve. We miss you. We love you. Thanks for being Superman. And thanks for being one of my childhood heroes. Appreciate it. And my number four comic book feel-good factoid freebie comes from BroadwordPalmBeach.com. Title says, Bill Finger, co-creator of Batman, posthumously humulously credited by DC Comics. Now, this is good news. It says here, one of the great wrongs in, cus- in comic book history has been made right, meaning one Broward woman will finally get to see her grandfather get the credit he deserves. Bill Finger was the shy genius who helped create elements of Batman. Huge. Among, along with illustrator Bob Kane, Finger cobbled together the early storylines and key features like the setting of Gotham for the original hero, uh, superhero comic in the 1940s. But when it came to receiving official credit, Kane worked out a deal, this is nuts, so that only he would be named on Batman Comics, shoving Finger into the background of history. Until now, I guess this is just like recently, um, Finger's remaining heir, uh, his... She's a Broward math teacher named uh, Athena Finger. She was quietly, persistently pressing the issue of like getting her father, her grandfather's name and credit. And last Friday, DC Comics owner and Warner Brothers announced that Finger would finally be credited alongside Kane for the creation of Batman. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's his legacy, and his his granddaughter was fighting for that legacy. So she, uh, she it must have been such an emotional, intense court battles and etc that she's gone through i can only imagine i want to read more upon this but she fought hard she stuck with it and he's now bill finger will be credited for co-creating batman and so many aspects of batman so very cool that made me feel good because so many so many of these legends in comic books that have just are solely responsible for how comic books are today i just feel don't receive the credit that they're so due so this was uh right there one for the history books Bill Finger will be recognized from now on as the co-creator of The Dark Knight. Very cool. And the fifth and final comic book feel-good factoid freebie. I have a question. Do you like cars? And do you like comic books? Well, we have the convention for you. (laughs) This is bringing the two together. Just a a smashing of two worlds. TucsonNewsNow.com says that they're having the first ever car con. It brings together the fans of custom cars and comic books. That's right. So I think it's cool when they mash things together. I wonder if there really are a lot of people out there that are into like classic cars and car shows and comic books. 
I, 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 if I lived in the Tucson area, I would go there for sure. It looks like it uh, was. It's this weekend. It, it's probably it's still going on now. It looks like until about 8 p.m. But I just thought very cool. I, I wanted to highlight that, and you can see it on their website and TucsonCarCon.com. So very cool. The two worlds clashing, coming together, and I would have liked to have seen what that was like. But uh, unfortunately, LA hasn't done something like that. This is in Tucson, so we should. LA should have everything. We should have this. Let's try it. CarCon. Why not? I'm in. So that is the fifth and final comic book. Feel good, factoid, freebie. Hope you liked all of that. And before we get into my AI story and my Spider-Sense tingling story and the top five picks, I wanted to play the audio with my interview with Dustin Nguyen. And Descender, his work is beautiful there. Batman Beyond, gorgeous. And the up-and-coming work that he talks about, fantastic. I'm excited. I'm all in. So here's the audio, and uh, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. And it was fun. I kept it light, kept it casual. I didn't want to just keep sticking my mic in his face for too long. And I hope to meet him again. I hope to interview him. I have a whole bunch of questions, and I really only covered a few that sort of just popped right in my head and just kept it fun. But here it is. Hope you enjoy it. Here's the audio of Image Comics artist Dustin Nguyen. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is Chris here, Sunspots Comics. I'm actually at the Anaheim Library with Dustin Nguyen, one of my favorite artists of all time. Look him up if you haven't already looked him up. But uh, how's it going there, Dustin? Oh, it's going great, man. It's a good Batman day. <laughs> Have you done, like, a library before? Like, I've done library conventions. I haven't really done a library before. Yeah, they they said, do you want to do it at a library or a comic shop? And I was like, let's do a library. I've never done a library. Probably be... I think it's great that they're, you know, Brian is trying to start this off and get something going and in libraries. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So... The, the some of the best writers in the business have had the opportunity of working with you. <laughs> exactly, because that's that's how I really feel uh, for me anyway. And so, what's that been like working with with some of the best? Some of the best getting to work with you. Oh man, I'm just, I just feel really you know like uh, feel fortunate. You know, most people have like really horror stories, and I've never had a problem. And uh, you know, I've worked, I've liked every writer I worked with, and uh, you know, it's it's. It's different when you work with a really good writer, and I would say, you know, they're good, like, experienced, and they're really professional. Uh, it makes your job a whole lot easier, you know. Um, yeah, it's, I just feel lucky. It makes me like my job more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to name a few off the top of my head, Paul Dini, uh, Scott Snyder, Jeff Lemire on Descender. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, Jeff Lemire seems to be extremely busy. <laughs> Uh, he's all right. He's probably the worst one I've worked with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there you go, Jeff. I, I love working with Jeff. He's, you know, he. Um, I, I like working with Jeff not because he's just an amazing writer. It's, um, you know, jumping, <clears throat> jumping over to a creator-owned book. You kind of like you're left to fend for yourself and, you know, make a lot of business decisions for yourself and everything. And working with Jeff. Um, he's not just like an amazing writer that you know everyone loves the book. Like when you work with him, he's actually really smart and professional. Where he, you know, he takes a lot of the stress out of me having to make decisions, and um, you know, it's just like you know, being a creator. I just want to draw comics. I don't want to make certain business. You know, doing the little nitty gritty stuff. You know, um, and he's really smart at that stuff, so he knows what he's doing, and it helps. You know, and it's great because we. We're really supportive of each other, and yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. I've, I've followed you back to Wildstorm, I mean, and, and, and your work on just numerous things there, and, and Lil Gotham, and, and, and Batman Beyond. I noticed on Descender, your art style seemed to, to change a little, yeah. honestly, and what, what, uh, what inspired you there? How did that, how did that come to be? 
Um, I, I really just draw a different style. I mean, it's all you can tell it's me, but there's a little different. Um, uh, when I polish it at the end, it, it it always looks different the way I finish it, depending on the tone of the book. And I think um, you know, I just made it fit the tone of Jeff's writing. Um, you know, you got a little Gotham where it looks like me, but it's made in that stylized look that's more fun. You know, you take something like American Vampire, that's obviously, you know, complete 180 from little Gotham. Um, yeah, so I just try to, I try to lean it towards what the tone of the, the story is, the book is, yeah. What's, uh, what's coming up? What are you working on now? And what's uh, maybe something you can tell us about that's in the near future? Um, you know, Descender uh, is my full time, takes up, you know, my entire life. Um, I've just finished the first book of uh, Secret Hero Society with Scholastic, where we're doing. Um, yeah, they just announced that one. It's uh, myself and Derek Friedoffs who worked with us with uh, with me on um, Lil Gotham. He he's writing a Secret Hero Society, which is um, yes, classic. It's Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman in junior high, and um, you know we they're in Ducard Academy. Uh, you know, so they're they're solving little mysteries there. You know, it's a lot of fun. It has that little Gotham feel to it, but it's not little Gotham. It's a whole completely different way we're telling stories. And um, yeah, have you read like oh god, um, like Jedi Academy or Dire Wimpy Kid? It's in that style, in that vein of you know, most of it's a lot of artifacts and journal entries and little doodles and stuff. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, man. I see you got your kids here with you. Do they do they read any of your work? Do you, do you show them like, hey, this is what Daddy did? <laughs> yeah, you know they they read like Lil Gotham and stuff. My my son's a lot into um Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, my daughter's she's really into um. Uh, they were into we had the Scribblenauts book for a while, and uh, you know they like Teen Titans Go and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I saw here that you got a gift. You got an uh, an amiibo here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mario. Are you, you you into it? You play that? Yeah, my buddy Jesse. He's like uh, he's always giving me like old Nintendo games, and he comes and he always brings me stuff. So this one he made off the drive down here. He gave me like this amiibo that's like really hard to find. It's like the eight bit Mario thirtieth anniversary, and uh, I'm not gonna open it. But yeah, I no, you can't open it. Yeah, I have. I just got Mario Maker, and it's like taking up a lot of my time. So <laughs> yeah, those are lo- my, these. This is a really hard one. I mean, that's a good friend. <laughs> Yeah, Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> well, if uh, if fans of you don't know who Dustin Wynn is, look him up. And where can we find you? Can we? Where can we look at your work? Where's your, what's your uh, social media? Blast us real quick. Um, my website links out to my you know Instagram and Tumblr. It's uh, duss 5com and through there, I mean, you can search anywhere Dust 5 and you'll find me on Instagram and anything. So yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I buy all your work. I collect all your work. Thank you very much. Your art is beautiful. You're skilled. It's amazing. Did you? formally study or was this just you trained on your own did you did you take schooling in for it or do you all tell self-taught um mostly self-taught i just like to draw a lot when i was a kid and then just kept drawing yeah well thank you man i appreciate it. your work is beautiful thank you for your time thanks dustin thank you good stuff he mentioned you jesse yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome that you grabbed him the amoeba yeah i'll be amiibo amiibo yeah this is yeah so hard to find amiibo. That's cool. I saw you, you brought some trades with you to have signed. That's awesome. Yeah. The Descender trade. I gotta grab that. Volume one. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Having it signed for some friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, some coworkers, but yeah, they really made this this trade paper bag really, really well. It's like really well made, and the art's gorgeous as usual. Is that your favorite piece of Dustin's work overall? Um, like his artwork's gotten like he he evolved in his artwork from from when he began, but. 
Uh, I still love his Batman stuff, always. But this stuff is like really his top notch. Did you hear about that stuff he's got coming up with Scholastic? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like the the DC heroes in junior high. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I saw it a couple days ago. I think I saw it even a couple days before he even posted it up. I think another website had posted that they were going to do something with Scholastic, and I was already on board. So he knows like I buy like ten copies of everything that he does. I'm with you. Anything he does, right? You just got to grab it. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Where can my fans find you as well, Jesse? What's uh, blast out? Give me your Instagram. Uh, well, my Instagram is at uh, Super Let's Watch. Uh, I just go to conventions and I take pictures of stuff that I like. Well, that's uh, lovely. Look at his Instagram. It's cool. I looked at it for just 10 seconds just now because we just met. And he's got some good stuff in there. Todd McFarlane picture, you and Todd. Yeah, I mean, Todd, uh, first time meeting him at, uh, at San Diego. I don't know if that was the first time he was there, but that was the first time I've ever met him there. He's cool. rarely there. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a super, super nice guy. Really, really, really nice guy. He, he just... He forms a line just like in, in in front of him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll sign your stuff like right away." And then like he has another place to go to sign, and he has a whole huge line that you had to get a wristband for. But he still would stop and sign your stuff no matter what. That's his reputation, I yeah. hear. He's just like so giving and friendly, and like he'll he'll selfie with you. He'll call your grandma. Like I guess I've heard weird stories, just all all types of stuff. Yeah, like, that's cool. When I was uh, waiting in line, some guy wanted a um, uh, like a canopy for a, a Walking Dead diary that he had yeah yeah because he signs all of them he was signing them and he was giving them away at San Diego Comic Con and the guy came up he's all like oh they they ran out of them when I when I got there this morning is there any way that they're gonna have more he literally just grabbed one and said like here have this that's cool that's a cool guy yeah that he's really nice yeah well, hey, Jesse, thanks, man. I, I just stuck my mic in your face. was hoping you were okay with me recording you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, definitely uh, post uh, the site. You should check it out and, and uh, listen to the podcast. Listen to yourself. Yeah. That'll be weird, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Have you ever listened to yourself on a podcast? No, I've never been on a podcast. But right. First one of one. Here we go. Yeah. Plus my new friend Jesse and uh, signing out. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Dustin and Jesse. <laughs> Take care. That's fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was very cool. I forgot to mention Jesse. He was pretty cool. Check him out at uh, Super Let's Watch on Instagram. And he was just hanging out there um, near Dustin at the time. And I just kind of kept the interview going as I was looking to press pause. And uh, we talked just prior. And he's a big fan and uh, goes to all the cons and, and full-on reads comics. So it was nice meeting Jesse and uh, hope to uh, talk to him again in the near future. But yeah, check him out. Super Let's Watch. But yeah, I thought it was very cool how Dustin talked about Jeff Lemire and how Dustin talked about his upcoming project with Scholastic. I mean, just very cool. I'm all in. I don't care what it is. If he's doing the art, I'm buying it. And so should you. Next up, let's step right into the world of artificial intelligence. This is from ibtimes.com. Scientists design killer robot Terminator to protect the giant barrier reef from starfish. So this is crazy. You've probably heard of the Crown of Thorns starfish, or COTS. They've been just invading the Australia Great Barrier Reef, one of the seven wonders of the world. And it says that it's about 40% destroyed. This starfish just eats and eats and eats, and because of water not being as oxygenated as it used to be, they grow at at an amazing rate, and scientists have to find a way to just basically kill them and destroy these starfish, and uh, they can't even use them as food for the ocean. They're just toxic. 
and they found a way to inject vinegar, and with I'm, I think it's just regular vinegar, into these uh, these COTSs, crown of thorns, and it kills them, and then they have to remove them from the ocean, can't even feed them and to other fish, so they can't keep up with how fast these things are growing, so they've designed these drones, these submarine drones with artificial intelligence in them to recognize and eradicate the cots, and they have like this robotic arm that reaches out and with a hypodermic needle and pokes them underwater and then they float to the surface and then they scoop them up so even in this article and the first thing i thought of was if this artificial intelligence program's designed into this submarine ocean dwelling drone what if it realizes that humans destroy the ocean more than the cots's do uh-oh. <laughs> anyway, so that's the one uh, artificial intelligence story this week. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Whoa, did you hear that? That was my spider sense tingling. So I have one story that uh, makes the spider sense tingle. It's kind of a follow-up story to last week from MirrorDaily.com. The military uses of the invisibility cloak. So researchers at the University of California, San Diego are taking this invisibility cloak and helping the military design quote-unquote practical applications for the invisibility cloak yeah what does that mean exactly so they've got a they've got this relatively mastered from the sound of it this 3m thick material making this invisibility cloak with those weird ceramic panels and the gold refractive light uh, technology and it's already in the hands of the military. So uh, that's pretty crazy. That's definitely making my spine sense tingle. Look out. And I'm going to have to step up on little Laura's Wonder Woman lunchbox quickly. And I decided to, to instead of calling it Soapbox, it's, I'm going to be calling it little Laura's Wonder Woman lunchbox. For a few weeks back, there was a story about how this elementary school has banned little Laura's Wonder Woman lunchbox saying that it's uh, from a character that solves problems with violence. And uh, if, if you want to hear about that, go into that pod, uh, that because a couple podcasts to go and you can hear that. But from now on, whenever I step on the soapbox, it's not going to be that. It's going to be little Laura's Wonder Woman lunchbox because this is, this is all about comic books. So quickly, I wanted to talk about an article on Bleeding Cool about censorship. Google Play has been censoring comic books, and I'm sure they're not the only one to do this. And they've created this sort of banned list from just anything that's overly violent to nudity. Um, and they're not, it's not really nudity in a pornographic sense. Um, but they have decided upon themselves to create a sort of uh, content guideline. And they're just flat out um, censoring comic books. And it's got the artists and writer community in comic books a little upset about that. And I'm sure we're going to be reading more about it. But. I say put warnings, put disclaimers, put disclosures, uh, have some information that just brings it to the attention of the people so that kids don't read this stuff. But this is art. It's objective. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be censored. And there should just be a way to um, categorize it and warn people. And even I thought what was kind of cool for this uh, website, Humble Bundle, as sort of an immediate uh, thing they did in reaction to some of this censorship that's happening they took the banned books, the list of them, and put it together in a collection that you can just get from HumbleBundle.com. So check that out. I had to highlight them. There's even things like Bone on this list. Bone is done by Jeff Smith, and it's for kids. 
And it's, I, I don't even understand why that, just because it's probably otherworldly and some of the religious groups feel like it's make-believe and that's wrong or something. But uh, it's just nuts what's on this list. And Humble Bundle was like, hey, here's your banned book list. I got it right here. And it's even just donation. You can have these books for relatively nothing and read them PDF style, these comics. And there's a lot of things on this list that honestly are, are, are just so mild that I've read that it's amazing that they're on this banned list or had to be challenged or reviewed. And it's just silly, I think. And leave it alone. Put some disclaimers and disclosures. Let art be art. And I'm stepping down now from Little Laura's Wonder Woman Lunchbox. All right, so let's get into now the top comic book picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, September 23rd. And it was a small week. There were only eight. And I picked three this week. And if you want to see what my poll list looks like and what the top comic book picks of the week are, just go right to sunspotscomics.com slash poll list, and you'll see what I'm currently collecting. In case you don't know and you're new to the podcast, I just read a whole bunch of comics. I pick my top picks. Sometimes it's three, one, two, seven, however many they are, and I review those top picks. And this week, eight, very small, nice, and I pick three. And the three, oh, before I go into the three, I gave my friend Rigo Delgadillo the opportunity to look at all eight covers and pick the cover art winner just from looking at him. He didn't read, he doesn't read comics really. He uh, looked at all eight of these and the winner, according to Rigo Delgadillo, how's it going Rigo, of the cover art pick of the week, he selected Fight Club 2 by Dark Horse Comics by Chuck Palahniuk and Cameron Stewart. Look at the cover. You'll, you can see it on my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. It basically has our Tyler Durden character standing in front of the Mona Lisa with uh, words, the word rise written on it and in blood. And it spoke to him. He said that he likes the Mona Lisa, and it just was an interesting, had an interesting look, and he liked the way the title was written out, Fight Club 2, um, and that is the art cover winner, according to Rigo. Thanks, Rigo. <laughs> and this week, what's kind of cool, a new number one made it into the top three, which is cool, so we'll get that into that here just in one second, but first, the number three comic book pick of the week was Empty Zone by Image Comics. Empty Zone number four by Jason Sean Alexander. And his art is consistently solid and gorgeous. It's gritty. It's realistic looking. It has an artistic style. The way he plays with light and tone really works. He has sort of a splashing, overpainted, kind of speckly look that it just looks ethereal. And he will go from very white and gray scaled to just boom, like a parrot on a shoulder of a guy with blues and oranges and yellows. And it, the contrast is just gorgeous and really eye-popping and really works for me. And this is a, really a mystery that's slowly developing here from our main character that's having memory issue, issues, but she sort of sees ghosts and she's being trailed and trying. these monsters are trying to kill her that are... Uh, half robot, half half metallic appendages of sorts, and she finds out it's this main corporation, and that's behind her situation. And she goes to visit this corporation, and this guy with uh, he's got like his whole from his nose down to his chin is like metallic octopus tendrils, and they just get into a scuffle, and they go flying out the window, and the way he 
he portrays the action here is just so clean and it's just gorgeous and uh, I, I thought it was a great storytelling piece there's even some anthropomorphic animals in this down on the ground here like a lizard head and an ape head that's a sort of a new part of his world that he's painting here and it's a beautiful world that he's painting and it's gorgeous it was just fun very action-packed episode moved really well but it's gorgeous to look at you have to go back and look at each page over again that's empty zone I'm so he's the, the pace of how he's doing the storytelling here is just enough to keep me going and interested and I'm a big fan love that series pick it up empty zone that's my number three pick. Number two pick is the number one that made it into the countdown, and it's by Dark Horse Comics, Power Cubed. And this was just a lot funner, lighter, happier, I mean, than Empty Zone anyway. The color palette's very bright. A uh, lot of just greens and oranges and blues. It's just a rainbow of colors. And this is a cool story of how this scientist creates a cube that ultimately can reconfigure matter. So whatever you wish something to be, you have the cube, and it will change it to something else. And although the heart of the story comes from this father-son relationship, they both admittedly have a difficult time talking to each other after his mother passed years ago. And it was just heartwarming and poignant to see them trying to talk to each other, even though it was very difficult for them. And you feel like, wow, they're, they're really put forward, putting forward some baby steps here. But it's, it's rather, it rather works, and it's really heartwarming. And, of course, things go wrong. The, there is this faction that wants the cube because they heard about it. And there's humor built in. This is one line where a main character says, uh, Who are you? And she says, I'm Claire, Covert Federal Bureau of Paranormal Investigation and Galactic Mischief Freelance. And he says, Fabokigum? And she's all, it's not supposed to be, it's not supposed to spell anything. <laughs> just just humor written into it. I thought it was fun. There's a little cube sidekick that pops out of the cube, and he introduces himself. I thought <laughs> that's very cool. He's all, uh, take a bath, take a breath and relax. He's all, I'll take it from here. And he's, my name is Click. I'm from the box. And he's just this cool looking, reminds me of, from that movie Robots with Robin Williams. That sort of metally, steampunky kind of look in this robot. And so, ultimately, that there's a baddie, of course. Looks very evil scientist kind of looking with a some sort of me metallic breathing apparatus and steampunky glasses on his face, which looks just great. He uh, he does a real great job of just the evil scientist layer and how it's it's dark and it, there's glowing green and it's you know a lot of stereotypical thoughts here, but it's done it's done well and it's done in a fun manner and it's imaginative with how he can just change matter with the 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 magic box that he has and i'm i'm going to i'm going to stay in this one the art's gorgeous some beautiful lines it reminds me of kind of joe casada work which joe casada is the master of all masters when he did art now he's the head honcho at marvel but it's it's pretty and and bright colors kind of has an invincible feel to it so it seems fun light i'm going to hang in that that's power cubed by dark horse comic number 1 by aaron lopresti way to go aaron written and illustrated so two jobs that guy's covering at the very least. So that's my number two and the number one comic book pick of the week for New Comic Book Day, September 23rd by Dark Horse Comics, Negative Space, issue number two. I can't remember the last time like a number two made it to number one. Most number twos can sometimes be number two. <laughs> but anyway, this is art by Owen uh, Genie, G-I-E-N-I. 
script by Ryan Lindsay, and letters by Ryan Ferrier. And this is the art winner and the pick of the week. It ultimately is a story of these aliens that... It has an interesting concept that's hard to even describe. But the aliens use negative thoughts to control humans. These aliens have partnered with this corporation. So it's like aliens and a corporation partnering together to keep us miserable. And they use that by, able, by being able to harness our, our feelings and thoughts with their alien technology. And so they use these, this fear and this, uh, these, these negative feeling tactics to, to make billions in this corporation. So kind of an interesting twist on this, this writer must think, you know, have an outlook on the world as the world being kind of negative. And maybe it's an alien force that's, that's creating this negativity in our world. <laughs> so an interesting twist, interesting concept, I thought really was something different and unique that I can't remember there's ever anything even close you know, to that. At least it doesn't come to mind. And his, of course, these aliens are trying to take over. They have one defector, one rebel alien that's helping the resistance and our main character. Cover is awesome. It has all of these uh, um, signs, neon signs that are all busted, and certain letters are still just, you know, working, but very little, and it, and it spells out kill yourself, which is crazy. So take a look at that cover for negative space. But this is an action-packed episode. It says the game plan here, which is they created like a happy bomb from an alien's brain. And they want to take the happy bomb to the core network where these negative signals are being sent out. And our main character, whose name escapes me, who looks like a very overweight American Indian sad fellow, almost a Roger, Robert Corbin kind of looking main character, has a, I guess, extremely strong negative empath powers, and they're going to harness that with the happy bomb and shove it down the alien's throat, alien slash corporate entity's throat, to to wake the world up, to to throw the wrench in the system. So it was just interesting. It has that unique concept, and I'm all in. I'm into this. The number one was okay. I thought it was good. It was a decent start, but the number two really takes it to another level, lays out the plot, and the storytelling in this is interesting and different. And the coloring is just gorgeous. It's, it's shaded very realistically. And a lot of yellowy orange backgrounds. But does action really well. And the way the alien looks is really rather interesting. I, don't, I can't remember when I've seen anything like that. It's like a... It's sort of an octopus slash squid with this... With some gnarly looking teeth and spikes in some of its tendrils. And uh, it's, it does have a, a Corbin sort of style to it. Gorgeous. And that's why it's my number one pick of the week. So pick it up. It's really good. Negative space. And you'll enjoy it for sure. So that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time. Please check out our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Sunspots Comics. And please check out our website, sunspotscomics.com and zombiedestroyers.com. So until next week, don't forget... Please subscribe to and buy three of... Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. I feel it.